You ready? Showtime. On May 3rd, summer starts with the fall guy. What are you doing later? Let's drink a spicy margarita. Make some bad decisions. Yes. Audiences are falling in love with the most entertaining film of the year. Fall guy. Fall guy. Fall guy. That's what the poster said. See Ryan Gosling and Emily Blunt in the movie critics say exists to make you happy. Trying to make it out? Nope. Because I don't either. It's not what I'm into right now. What are you into? Talking. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> the Fall Guy. Only in theaters May 3rd. Rated PG-13. Empire. Hello and welcome to my podcast, sponsored by Lone Oak Coffee. Visit LoneOakCoffee.com, L-O-N-E-O-A-K, Coffee.com for some excellent coffee. Today, after Washington's 34-20 loss to Cleveland, I talked to Les Carpenter of the Washington Post. We talked a lot of Dwayne Haskins, and I get some insight into Les's thoughts on the entire situation. We both addressed the timeout issue at the end of the game. We have slightly different opinions here. Les is always good because he's smart and pays attention to the details of a situation. Before I play my conversation with Les, I want to share my thoughts and observations. Don't forget, you can also read my work on ESPN.com, and I have two stories up now about Chase Young's injury, the impact, and Ron Rivera's, and also Matt Ioannidis, and Ron Rivera's comments on Dwayne Haskins and how he is sticking with him as a starter. More on that throughout the show. One last note, for those who are tired of hearing my computer mic during the interviews, I have a gift for you. A new mic is on the way. I appreciate your patience. I didn't realize really how long we'd be out of a studio, so obviously that was a needed gift. Anyway, here are a few thoughts from Washington's 34-20 loss to Cleveland. There's no way Washington can and should move on from Dwayne Haskins at this point in the season. When Ron Rivera came here, he sold owner Dan Snyder on a plan to develop Haskins. That plan did not include abandoning him after three games, following an offseason where he learned a new offense and played no preseason games. That makes no sense. If you pulled Haskins now, you may as well just get rid of him because it's clear you'd be moving on from him after the season. Now, clearly you wouldn't cut him at this point, but the point remains his time here would essentially be over. And obviously there are some young quarterbacks who go through ups and downs like that. Maybe they get benched. Maybe they go back in. But I think if you did it now, it's because you would have seen something so dramatically bad that you just say, we're not going to make it work with this kid. Haskins is not, and I don't think they're not at that point, and, and I don't think they should be. Haskins has now started 10 games. There are troubling things, such as the accuracy and his two inconsistent mechanics. There were a couple throws on Sunday that that he just has to be better on on some of the screens and throwing off his back foot on a screen and throwing way out in front to Antonio Gibson on a little swing pass that you just have to be more consistent on some of those easier throws. I felt like Sunday that offensive coordinator Scott Turner did an excellent job getting Haskins into a good rhythm early on with safe, easy throws off bootlegs or screens. For a while, it reminded me of Haskins' game at Penn State his junior year. He struggled versus Penn State's pressure. The coaches started going to a lot of screens and slants, a lot of vertical stuff, short tosses, and that helped him in that game. And I, I bring it up because I was thinking of that during this game, but the tempo, going tempo helped too. Being in the gun, I think, helped. It's hard to sustain that all game, especially if you're not consistently accurate. It leads to a lot of three and outs, but it was a good change of pace to open the game. 
Haskins executed that well. And I do think that Les made some good points off of this later in the show. So pay attention to that. The problem comes. The problem came today when Haskins had to make a throw, such as on a third down. Now, he did throw a touchdown pass on third down that was really nice to Dontrell Inman. But two of his three picks occurred on third and long because he felt he had to make a play, and he was doing it from deep inside his own part of the field. He said he didn't stare down the target, but it certainly looked that way watching the game and, and track, trying to track his eyes. Maybe he felt he still could beat the linebacker on the second pick, but it was not a good decision regardless. I did like how he responded after his picks. I get into this with less, but Haskins has definitely matured this season. Is that worth celebrating? Well, I know after another loss, that's not what you want to hear. But I, but there is a part of that that is part, but it is worth noting because it is an area where he's improved. There's a reason Ohio State's coaches told Washington it would take him a couple years. His inexperience mattered, and they knew how much he had to grow overall. Maybe some of you are surprised by what you're seeing. I'm not. It's it's what many of us warned you might and probably would happen. Listen, we saw the inconsistencies throughout training camp. There would be a good day. There would be a not-so-good day. Even even in the organization, you'll hear from from some people who will, just, who will tell you that, that he's a streaky passer, and that's that's what we're seeing. It's what they anticipated, also given the state of their roster. It's a young team. with It's a young offense, inexperienced offense, with a young quarterback. It's a tough combo. And it's why it's easy for Rivera to say he's sticking with Haskins. It's the only call to make right now. If they had just abandoned this after three games and this sort of a season, after this sort of an offseason, then they should have just signed Cam Newton the offseason and be done with it at that time because that's what it would have suggested. In the past here, coaches have said one thing on the way in and then get into the season and abandon those plans. Jay Gruden and RG3. It was when Jay Gruden came here, said all the right things about Griffin. Early in that summer in training camp, he was already, he was already clearly dis, disenchanted with Griffin, and it, got, and it just got worse. Rivera had a plan. He wants to see it through. You're, he's going to give Haskins every chance he can to make it, and if he doesn't, then it's on Haskins. He's got he's got he's getting this chance and I think that's a good thing. I think it's good that he is being feels like he's being supported by his coaches. I've long said that the second half of this season will matter a ton. Listen, Haskins did make some nice throws. Those touchdown passes were nice throws. The fourth down play, which required a lot of poise on his end, that was good too. That's what the coaches have to build on. Since they are again, you're gonna stick with them, you find areas you can build on. There you go. But it does concern me that they're not capable at this point of a lot of downfield success. And I do think when you look at some of what he's doing in, on, the, on the, um, the staring guys down and all that, those are things that coaches can work with and get you out of. The mechanics, to me, are a bigger thing that you have to work on because it's harder to improve on those areas. But you can work with the guy and say, hey, you can point out Dwayne, third and seven, you don't want to just either stare this guy down. You don't want to force it. Well, you learn from that. So you can see with that. But it's the overall consistent mechanics that, that for me, that I think I'd like to see develop and see how that develops. I know timeouts are, timeouts are another big storyline out of this one. Once again, Ron Rivera opted not to call any timeouts late in the game as the other team was driving. Even if you hold them to a field goal, it's still a two-score game. It's a few minutes left. Who knows what happens? Les talks about that later, but my opinion is that you need to keep playing to win. I don't think we can keep going back to, well, I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to maybe kind of con- contradict myself in a minute, but I'm going to say this now. I don't think we can keep going back to injuries as some sort of reason for all for never taking these timeouts late. Yes, 
injuries hurt Washington today, but it's always an issue for teams every game. I also think if Washington had a more experienced quarterback and a better offense, I don't, there's, I don't think there's any doubt that Rivera takes those timeouts. To me, it's indicative of maybe some confidence in the team and the situation. He has shown when they have momentum that he'll be aggressive going for it on fourth down, and he did so again today. Would have been easy to take a field goal on the, the fourth down, went for it, set up a touchdown. And so I think that that was certainly showed a lot of confidence in them. And I also felt like that read the game situation. At that point, just like in the Eagles game, at that point, Washington had momentum and they were playing with confidence and that that was displayed with Rivera's decision. I think late in the games, it's clear that those games are over. Doesn't mean you don't play to win. Doesn't mean you don't keep trying, etc. Rivera does not like to be questioned about these things. And, but for me, I'd really like just to understand the decision better. It's all part of the building process, I think. But how much so is it? And to what degree? Is it because of the lack of confidence? In some ways, I will say, Washington is treating these early games like preseason contests because they didn't have any, because they are so young. They know that there's going to be growing pains. And maybe you just get out of a game and say, hey, we've seen enough. Let's just move on. Because really, at the end of the, in the, end of the day, they're really trying to judge what they have moving forward. So maybe in that sense, and this is a contradiction, maybe in that sense it is about the injuries late in the game where they really aren't in position to win. But I would like to know more because on the surface, it's definitely hard to understand. They really do have an excellent defensive front. I've been impressed since training camp open with Montez Sweat, and I shared this with you before, but it's worth repeating. I think a lot of it comes from the fact that he just doesn't have to think as much this year. Last year, he admitted it took him a while to develop a pass rush plan. But he also had to worry about dropping into coverage and playing end, playing standing up, something he didn't do in college. So, you know, I think that's a lot to put on him. I remember talking to John Bostic in the preseason about this, and he felt guys like Sweat would benefit from the switch to a 4-3 because he didn't have to worry about anything other than setting the edge and rushing the passer. I think he surprised Baker Mayfield with his closing speed on the intentional grounding, but what stood out to me was how well he played the run. It's what I expected, but I just think that it's impressive to watch him there. Uh, Washington held down an excellent rushing attack even after losing Young and Ioannidis until, of course, late in the game. You can say they got worn down. I think even late the issues were more with the back seven and not the front. Uh, Tim Settle, too, to me, looked like he played well. If Matt Ioannidis has to miss time, then Settle will get a chance. will get a great chance to show coaches what he can do. I like what I've seen from him in short stints in the first couple weeks. Without Young in there, Ryan Kerrigan will play more. Clearly knows what he's doing, knows how to play, but you do lose quite a bit without Young in both in how he plays the run and his athleticism. There are a couple plays today that Kerrigan couldn't or didn't make that I think Young does already. That's part of the game. But they can feel really good about this group. They just have work to do elsewhere. The safeties, both of them, miss too many tackles and plays right now. The other thing I'll say about the defense is that even though the offense turned the ball over three times, you got to be better in the change of in the sudden change area. That was three turnovers, and yeah, Grant, they're all in, in they were deep in, in their territory, but you can still hold teams to field goals, and I think that's something that they. I think if I'm Jack Del Rio, that's what I would be annoyed with. That yes, they were put in a bad situation, but you me, you can measure yourself by those situations well because if they had come out and held them to field goals in those in those cases then they're really crowing about it, but they didn't. So you can't just, you can't, they can't have it both ways. And I don't think they want it both ways. I think they would agree with this, that you've got to hold them 
You can't allow touchdowns on all those turnovers. You allow field goals on a couple of them, and maybe it's a, it's a different game down the stretch. The problem that I see on offense is that they have too many players starting who, even after they develop, are probably not going to be starters if they become a good team. Guys like Wes Martin, Jaron Christian, maybe one of those guys develops, but to think both of them will, I think is I think they know that that's asking a lot right now. Christian had played fine in week two, gave up the sack fumble today. I have to watch that group more in the ensuing days to see how they truly played because I don't want to put a lot on them. I'm not. I'm not going. They certainly didn't seem like they were the issue. For that, I know there were some a couple issues. I also know that Haskins needs to help them by not running into sacks or pressure at times. As Chris Cooley pointed out on Kevin Sheehan's show on the Team 980 last week, Haskins always tries to escape to his left. Teams know this. They'll stunt to that side, often inducing him into pressure over there with the way they handle their fronts. It's just, or maybe it's just a natural instinct because it's where he feels comfortable throwing the ball. Regardless, it's a It's a case, I think overall, I think it's a case of the line and Haskins still learning, still learning what, you know, he's still learning how to, to, to what he has to do and they have to learn how he's going to handle situation. It leads to massive growing pains. I think my initial prediction had them with a one and five record after six games, maybe two and four. Y'all can panic, but I have long realized and written and said that this is going to take time. It clearly is. That's it from me. After this break, I'll be back with Les Carpenter of the Washington Post. What signs of growth did he see in Dwayne Haskins? You've heard me talking about Low Note Coffee for a couple months now. Let me tell you a little bit about who they are and what they're about. Low Note Coffee is based in the Shenandoah Valley, just a nice bunch of people who are open for business during this trying time. Just look at their website, lowneoakcoffee.com, and what do they highlight? Their core values of quality, family, transparency. They work with co-op farmers from all over the world to source their beans. They also support small farmers to find the right beans. During this pandemic, one of my saving graces has been grinding my beans from Lone Oak Coffee and taking a few minutes before the day to savor the coffee, get my mind right. Put a little jazz or Frank Sinatra or Louis Armstrong on in the background, it's even better. I've enjoyed all their blends, but among my favorites, the Ethiopian Guji, love the berry flavor, the Mexican Chiapas, and their house blend. Start your day off right with Lone Oak Coffee. Visit LoneOakCoffee.com, that's L-O-N-E-O-A-K, coffee.com. Use promo code COFFEE2020 for a discount. You can thank me later. Welcome back. Now here's my conversation with Les Carpenter. All right, Les, well... I'm going to share my thoughts to these poor listeners, and but I want to get your thoughts on this game. You were there. I'm just curious, what did you make of Dwayne Haskins' performance today? Well, you know, there certainly were some positives to take from it. Uh, you know, he seemed more comfortable at times. Uh, I thought he really, you know, they were talking this week about wanting him to step forward into throws. I thought there were some of those. I thought he made some very nice plays. And then it was the fourth quarter, you know, and, and, and really, the, you know, even some moments in that second quarter, too. And it just, you, you got a sense of the good and the bad. And unfortunately, with Haskins, there's still, you know, there's still probably more bad than good at this point, even if you can maybe see some potential and reasons why they're wanting to stick with him and why they feel like he can be the future here. One of the things, and you, I think you brought up in the Zoom with Rivera about Chase Young going over and talking to him, or somebody did. I thought it was you because you were talking about him on the bench. 
Were you, how much were you able to see him on the sidelines and how he was in that area? And I don't want to overgo on this because last year we saw a guy who needed to mature there. What did you see from him today? Just yeah, in I just kind of got done writing about this a little bit. And it was interesting to me uh, because I did want to watch Haskins when he, when he was coming to the bench after these turnovers and there wasn't the same sulking. Yeah. His head was down a little bit. You're shaking his head after the fumble. I think he felt, you know, as anyone would, but Chase Young was right at his side, just in his face, you know, yelling. You could see him waving his arms and everything. And, and, and it was, it was interesting to see that because it said one, the way Haskins' body language was this year is so much better than it was last year. But secondly, you've got a guy like Chase Young walking in here as a rookie, you know, jumping in guys' faces saying, look, you're going to, you know, the leadership that you kind of been looking for from this team and from guys on this team. And he, Young definitely has it. You could see it. He did, Everything he does, he feels like the best player on the team, even when he's not playing, even when he's hurt and he can't play. So I thought those two things were both very important. And, there were a couple moments where Haskins, you know, after I watched after the last interception, the last fumble, you know, he headed over to the bench. And I mean, last year we saw some moments where he's staring off into space. He's upset. His head's in his hands. He's devastated. And he just sat there and, you know, he talked to, uh, you know, I mean, he talked to a couple of coaches and, you know, he did the things. He's looking out at the field. He's thinking about what he needs to do. He's talking about it later. I, I, look, his maturity is, you know, light years beyond what it was last year. Last year, he would have had a terrible press conference after this. I thought he had a very good one. I thought it was very mature and very stand-up. You know, it's funny you say that because I completely agree. I mean, I'm thinking back to a handful of press conferences. Even during the week, he's been a lot better, but especially after the game today. What did you make of Rivera's comments? He was pretty hard just saying he was going to stick by him. Yeah, and I think he has to. I, I, I again. Rivera had this whole thing in 2011 with a brand new, you know, Cam Newton. He drafted him with the first pick overall. Cam certainly had, while he had had big success in college, there were a lot of controversies. There were a lot of things. A lot of people thought that Cam was maybe not mature enough for that responsibility. And there certainly were some very low moments in Carolina those first two years. Uh, and yet Rivera stuck with him. I remember talking to Rivera uh, that, you know, right before the start of that 2011 season. And, you know, he's, he's saying, look, I, I, I believe in this kid. Uh, yeah, I know there was some stuff, but I like the fact he went through stuff because the fact he went through stuff means that he's gotten through that stuff in the past. Uh, I, I think he feels very much the same way about Haskins. I think he really feels that this is his Cam Newton. This is his next one, that he can develop this guy by taking the lows, working him through the lows to get to a, a point later on where he can withstand the, the adversity and, and move forward. And I, in some ways, I almost think that Rivera, you don't want to ever say someone doesn't want to win because I, I think he definitely wants to win by far very much. But I also think there's a part of him that's kind of like, these are good learning moments and he's glad they're happening, if that makes sense. I don't want to imply that he doesn't want to win. But I do think he's enjoying, I would say joy might be the wrong word. I too, think that might be but, the wrong word. Right. But that there is, you know, there is a moment that that's your that's your moment when you grab the guy. That's your moment right. when you say, look, you know, I can he's going to listen now. He's got I've got something I can build from. I think he calls them teachable moments. I've got a teachable moment here. And I and I think that's how he you know, Rivera came into this. I think that's what he expected this year would be. Uh, and I think he's just everything that he has said leads me to believe that that's what he feels going forward. But Cam Newton was the guy he drafted. Dwayne Haskins' guy inherited. 
probably a little bit harder to be that committed to somebody. Now, I agree with you. Like I, and I'll get into this later at a different point, but you know, you have to stick with them now. But do you think that that makes a difference down the road? I think it depends on where this all goes. Uh, and I think that's what the adventure of this year is going to be. Let's see what Dwayne Haskins is at the end of the year. And I think then they'll make a decision. Uh, if this is a complete disaster and they're in a good position to draft, uh, you know, there, there's maybe a couple very obvious quarterbacks right there. Uh, the problem with that is then, of course, you're building again with a rookie quarterback, which means that next year is that whole start all over again. I don't know if he wants to go through that. We'll also see if the salary cap shrinks. There may be some good quarterbacks floating around on the market, too. So, they, yeah, I, 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 but I think for right now, the commitment is to Haskins this year, and it has to be. They have to go through a whole season with this guy and see what, he, what they have. And if at the end of the year it's really not going anywhere, then, yeah, you make a move. But I think what Rivera is banking on is that they will see some kind of tangible progress. I agree with all of that, too. And you, you brought up some signs of growth. Some of those touches, you know, he did have some nice drives early. I felt like they did get him into a rhythm early. So what were you seeing early out of him? Early on, I thought, uh, again, maybe it was some of the plays, too, uh, that, that certainly were, were things that got him into a rhythm a little bit. Uh, you know, kind of with Haskins, Haskins talks about it. Rivera talks about it. You hear other people talk about it, that he tries to do too much at times. I thought early in the game he didn't try to do too much. He took the play that was there. I thought he made some very good throws. I thought he found some good matchups. Uh, and, and he was able to, you know, convert it into some, into some points uh, early on. Uh, but then, it's, you know, he rattled uh, in the second quarter when everyone seemed to rattle when Chase Young went out and everything kind of, you know, kind of kind of came unglued. And then I thought he did a great job in the third quarter again of just taking what was there, not forcing the action. And then in the, you know, then late in the game, it just, he's, he, he just started forcing and forcing and forcing again. Uh, you know, but again, that's what you do with a young quarterback. You're going to have those moments. What did you make of the, again, second game in a row, the lack of timeouts late in the game? You know, I didn't even think about it. Uh, this week, because I today this week was a lost cause, uh, <laughs> in a different way that last week was a lost cause. I, you know, I, because again, this week you saw the offense move, you saw things happen, but I, I just said that at the end of this game, I didn't see any chance that they were going to come back, given the fact that they already turned it over a couple times down in their own zone. Uh, so yeah, I, I guess I don't see it as the big deal that some others have. Uh, again, because I'm not expecting big things right now from this team. I, I want to see growth. And, you know, this is something I think I'd go back and say, too. We were talking about Haskins of last year and Haskins of this year and how he handles press conferences and how he handles those things. I, I still think the decision-making and some of the throws that Haskins is making this year are better than those even at the end of last year when he kind of had a couple good games there. I, I still see a lot of signs that are good. I don't know what that means long-term. I, you know, obviously the overall has not been great so far, so let's see, but I do see the progress even on the field with him uh, over last year. Where do they go from here? I mean, there was a, there was a pretty good effort by that defensive front. Where do, where do they go from here? Well, first, besides, yeah. back to, besides back to Ashford. <laughs> yeah, back to Ashford. They got to play the uh, the Ravens. Um, 
Well, first of all, I think you got to see what, what's up with Matt Nionitis. That that would worry me a little bit, given it some kind of an arm injury. Uh, you know, Chase Young, let's see what goes on there. The groins can certainly linger for a long time, even if it doesn't seem like it's a really serious injury. This could be easily a three-week, four-week injury. We're recording this before we really know. Uh, so, you know, who knows? But I, you kind of first have to look at that because then your your depth gets pretty tested up front, even if it is, uh, you know, the best part of the team. You know, I, I think after that, you just got to keep, you know, chipping away. I, you know, I, I mean, think back to the Carolina team in 2011. I bring it up a lot. I, team I want to say started one and five and two and eight, something like that. Uh, and still finished with six wins, and they sort of moved on from there. Uh, you know, I I kind of always expected that this team would struggle a lot early on and then look good later in the season as these guys kind of learn to withstand adversity and, and handle the bad moments and all those things that the Carolina teams had done. I've always kind of thought that would happen here and that this would be a better second-half team than first-half team. So I'm not totally stunned by the record. Uh, which, by the way, we're doing this – during the, uh, I don't think the Dallas Seattle game is finished yet. With Seattle winning that game, or is, with Seattle ahead, if Seattle actually wins that game, you know, this Washington team is still in first place, believe it or not. <laughs> <laughs> what, there, what a sorry indictment of the NFC East that is. There, yeah, it, yeah, yeah. I mean, that is true. Like, you look at the NFC East, and, and right now Dallas is losing by two. So, who knows where that one goes? Yeah and the taping part of it. But one of the other bright spots today was Montez Sweat. So, again, they're building some areas of this team in a pretty good way. It's just that it's going to take a while to get there. Yeah, and it's a good point about Sweat because there was a lot of times I was scratching my head about him last year. And, you know, he – there were teams that weren't necessarily thrilled about him anyway in the draft. It had nothing to do with, you know, the possible heart issue. Uh, he's, you know, he's a guy that I think, you know, has not necessarily projected himself in the way that people, you know, would have hoped for a player of that magnitude. Uh, and I thought it showed a lot last year in, in the way he disappeared from games. I, you know, he has definitely played very well this year. Uh, you know, and I, and right at that moment today where I was thinking, well, you know, Chase Young's not playing this, this could be a disaster here. And all of a sudden Montez Sweat steps up and just plays lights out in the third quarter, which I think had a lot to do with how this team got back into the game. Uh, you know, so. Yes, there are pieces. There are little pieces on the defense. Uh, you know, seeing Kendall Fuller back out there today was good. There were some good plays made by the secondary, I thought. Uh, you know, this was the first time we saw J.D. McKissick play fairly well. Uh, I, I can't, you know, I, I'm sure the offensive line was not, you know, dominant this today, but it, it wasn't the reason his team lost the game. Uh, so there are little pieces. There are things to be excited about, and, you know, it's just it's just going to be a year-long slog with this team. It definitely is, and, and so much of it does – the last thing is so much of it obviously does center around Dwayne Haskins and his growth. That's that's what the season ultimately is is about in many ways. Yeah. I, you know, we hear Rivera talk a lot about instilling a culture, and I think that's a bit, you know, obviously a part of what's going on here. Uh, but, yeah, you have to find the quarterback. Just like in 2011, he had to find his quarterback – uh, well, he had he had picked it, but he had to make sure that that was his guy going forward. This very much is you got to figure out if 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 Dwayne Haskins is your guy going forward. Uh, you know, so if he's healthy for the year, then I think he gets 16 starts, and you know that should give them a body of evidence. You know, one thing Rivera said today, and he hasn't really brought it up a lot, 
Uh, but if you think about it, it really is kind of a, you know, an interesting point. He still considers Haskins in his rookie year because he hasn't played, you know, a full 16 games yet in his career. Uh, I also would say that given the way that Haskins was kind of pushed to the side a lot last year by the previous regime, uh, especially in the beginning, uh, you know, that makes this kind of a rookie year for him. This is the first time anyone's really said, okay, Hey, we really believe in you go out there and do it. Uh, and we're only three games into that without any preseason and with, you know, kind of a, you know, a screwy off season. So yeah, I, 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 it's hard to make snap judgments right now about him. Les, I appreciate your insight as always. I owe you a latte. So whenever, whenever, I guess I'll see you again. This is a segue to a Lone Oak commercial, is it not? Well, it could be, but I could send you some coffee from Lone Oak Coffee, get my coffee 2020 discount, and then send you some. But I do owe you a latte regardless. So I appreciate it. That would be great. I can't wait to drink. There you go. Have a good flight back. (laughs) Thanks, Ryan. That's it for this week. As always, thank you to Lone Oak Coffee for their sponsorship, and thank you for listening. Unfortunately for you guys, we have another Therapy Thursday coming up. I'll talk to you Thursday.